Hello 49er fans and welcome to the latest edition of the 49ers Paradise Podcast. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This week's podcast show is unsponsored. If you're interested in sponsoring a 49ers Paradise Podcast show, please contact me at brian at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. Also, if you want to call into the show and leave your messages or have your questions answered on air, please dial one of the local numbers available on the podcast page. From San Fran, it's 415-354-1083, press 1, and dial 1-747-628-7149 and the number sign. I want to thank everybody who's called in. This past week, I received a question or two that I thought I would bring to the attention of all of you. The first from Mike in San Jose, who wants to know if the 49ers will be playing in the supplemental draft. The supplemental draft is something that I've talked about a little bit, um, but basically it's an opportunity for teams to draft players who, for whatever reason, couldn't declare for the actual draft of the season. Now, the supplemental draft, how it works is that if you want a player, you put in a bid on that player, and based on your draft position in the past draft, you're awarded that player if there are no bids higher than you. So if, for example, the 49ers put in a bid on a player and they put in a third round bid and another team put in a second round bid, the team that put in the second round bid would get that player and the 49ers wouldn't. And the team that gets the player loses that corresponding pick in the following year. So this is an interesting way to play around with the draft. If there's a player there that you think is really um, let's say a top of the third round value and you have a top third round pick this year um, but you suspect that next year you won't have a top third round pick and it does allow you to generate an, a little bit of extra value out of uh, your picks for the following year. Now the only player that I believe the 49ers would actually be interested in is Ahmed Brooks. Um, Brooks out of Virginia is uh, quite a player but he, he has his share of uh, baggage along with him. Now the 49ers have brought him in for a workout, they attended his workout, and it would seem that they're fairly serious about the guy. But um, he is a linebacker, the 49ers do have a fair bit of depth at the position, even with their losses this past season. Um, And I'm not 100% sure the team is going after him full throttle. I don't think he's worth more than a third, fourth round pick. Um, And that's considering his baggage. If he had no baggage, he would certainly go higher. Um, And I do think that if the 49ers put a third, fourth round pick out there, there probably will be a team that really, really wants him and overpays for him, as there always seems to be. It Typically, uh, it's quite similar to free agency. If a team really wants a player, gets high on a player, they'll overpay for him. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes with a second-round bid. And so even if the 49ers put in a third- or fourth-round bid, I'm not sure they would get him. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either because I don't think he's going to be the difference-maker on this team uh, between, let's say, a 6-win season and a 10-win season. Certainly that's not going to happen this this coming season. And so I just... I don't see the rush in getting a player like him. I don't see it as a good idea considering his baggage. I'm just not completely sold on him. I do think that it's smart that the team has 
taken quite an opportunity to look at him, bring him in, understand who he is and what he's all about, though. I think that's the right move, and either way, the Niners get him, don't get him, you can clearly see that they've done their homework on the guy. So that's definitely the right approach. The other question I have this week is from Jason in Denver. Jason wants to be updated on the status of the stadium for the team this uh, season, or rather the future stadium of this team. And uh, the answer for Jason is that the 49ers seem to be making some sort of progress on their stadium, um, but nothing is exactly imminent. There are some um, predictions that the 49ers will make some sort of official announcement somewhere around the start of this coming season. Now, all of this is just a whole lot of talk, and it's been a whole lot of talk for a whole long time now. Um, but, it do, you know, things do seem to be rolling a little bit quicker than they have been the past couple seasons. Uh, legislation has sort of been going through the judicial rulings and all that type of stuff to see what the 49ers can do. But it sounds like the team would be building on the 3Com or the Candlestick Point or the Candlestick Park, whatever you want to call it, um, in that area. Now, Glenn Dickey wrote an article over the past couple weeks suggesting that the team should look at other areas, particularly in and around the San Francisco airport, um, specifically because of the poor land quality around 3Com Park, the amount, of, um, the amount of investment that will need to be put in simply because it's so close to sea level that they'll have to sink anchors into the ocean floor in order to do it, and it'll get tremendously expensive. Whereas if they went to higher ground, it'll be easier to establish a solid foundation. So that being said, my answer is that uh, slow, slow, slow progress is being made, but at least there is progress being made, unlike in the past uh, couple years when we were hearing absolutely nothing on the stadium. Now, until that shovel's in the ground, I don't actually believe the 49ers will be getting a new stadium. Um, I'm just not convinced based on the past actions of the team as of yet. All right, folks, that brings us to the site feature for this week. This week's site feature is the multimedia section of 49ers Paradise. It's a little tab on the main page that says multimedia. You click it, and it's got audio links, video links, and uh, book reviews, and it's a growing section kept quite up to date, and it's a great way to catch up on the latest stuff on the 49ers. Great interviews on there, great video interviews on there and uh, book reviews, so you'll definitely want to check it out. Check it out regularly because it is updated quite often. Um, usually as soon as something comes out that I see, I'll put in there. Um, and if you have any links that you catch that I don't, please feel free to send them my way. That brings us to the nitty-gritty of this week's show, and that's um, training camp. It's a literally around the corner, 23 days, 19 hours, 17 minutes, and 9 seconds at the time of me um, recording this podcast, and so at about three weeks away, it is an exciting time for the team. What I'll be doing over the next few weeks is trying to preview a little bit about the team, the depth charts, etc., where I see things shaping up around the league, Now, one or rather around the team. One area I'd like to start with is uh, the receiving core, which this year I believe is going to be nicely improved over the past season. Um, we're counting on Arnaz Battle coming back and being the one of the two starting receivers. And Battle is a guy who, when he is healthy, can be a real contributor. He's a quick guy, he's a speedy guy, reliable hands. Um, he'll go anywhere on the field, and with the ball in his hands, he makes plays. Um, certainly, you'll see him running on the end rounds, and you'll see him including the reverses and the flea flickers and that type of stuff as well. So he is—he adds another dimension to the team, 
And the key here is that he stays healthy because if he's healthy, he can be the type of player the 49ers need of him. Um, of course, the free agent acquisition in Antonio Bryant was exactly what this team needed. Now, I happen to have been a pretty big Brandon Lloyd fan, and I know a lot of people weren't, but you know his highlight reel catches were certainly entertaining. Now, if he was indeed a distraction in the locker room, then the 49ers did the right thing in getting rid of him. And in getting Antonio Bryant, I really believe that at worst the team broke even. He may not be as flashy, but he should be as productive, if not more productive, based on both of their paths. It's interesting to see that Brandon Lloyd has also been struggling with some injury problems this offseason already, and so it seems like the 49ers may have gotten the better end of the stick already. Now, health concerns aside, if everybody stays healthy, I think Antonio Bryant and Arno's battle can team for a pretty solid uh, tandem of wide receivers, and that, of course, will be quite encouraging for a guy like Alex Smith, who <laughs> barely had anybody to throw to last year. Add, the, add to the mix Brian Gilmore, who came in from um, the Dolphins and the Cardinals. He's sort of the veteran third wideout. He's had a lot of experience working with uh, Jerry Sullivan on the 49ers, and, um, or sorry, a lot of experience working with Jerry Sullivan over the past few years, who's a 49ers receiving coach, and uh, is really a technician. And being a technician is a very, very good thing when you're a receiver because it allows you to get off the line of scrimmage better really opens up a, a whole lot of opportunities for you as a player. The next dimension at receiver will probably be Brandon Williams, the team's third-round pick. Um, Williams, obviously, as a rookie, there's not a whole lot we can say, for, say about him as of yet, other than he's done pretty well in the OTA workouts this past offseason. Now, Derek Hamilton has been fighting a whole lot of injuries, and he would probably be the next guy down the line, um, providing he can stay healthy. Now, he was healthy enough to play in the 49ers versus Raiders basketball game this offseason, despite not being able to participate in the organized team activities. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, Nolan sees Hamilton fitting into the picture and if he still sees him as a character-type guy. I know that Hamilton made some serious strides last offseason to the point where the team was even considering starting him over Brandon Lloyd before his injury. Um, a year later, if he is indeed healthy and able to stay healthy, a speedy receiver who does pretty well in the preseason game. So it'll be interesting to see where Hamilton fits into the picture. Now beyond there, things do get a little bit murky as to who will start where, who will be wherever, who's just a roster filler. But uh, where you're going to see some serious help in the receiving game is also from the tight end position, where the addition of Vernon Davis and a healthy Eric Johnson should make a real, real difference for Alex Smith finding weapons to throw to. Vernon Davis is supposedly a monster at the tight end position. He's fast, he's strong, he's big, um, and if the 49ers can get him the ball, he should be able to make plays. Now, he is a rookie, there will be an adjustment period, but if all the hype is everything that this player can be, he can be a serious, serious contributor. Eric Johnson once led the team with over 80, ca over 80 receptions um, before his injury. He's been battling injuries his entire career. Not much of a blocking tight end, but he is an asset in the passing game. Between Davis, Johnson, Bryant, and Battle, the 49ers should have four real options at receiver, and I expect to see a lot of two tight end sets as a result of that. Now, of course, all this would be for loss if the offensive line can't give Alex Smith enough time to throw. And we'll talk about the offensive line in next week's show. 
Until then, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate everybody's visits to the site lately. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them my way. Until next time, take care and have fun. Niners had only just begun.